Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome Transformation Talk Network listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart and I am the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show Recovery Recharged with my illustrious co-host Dr. Pat. How yeah. you doing, Doc? I really I I am I am in the moment of this show because, you know, when you work in the arena that we work in and I think about my mom and you're at this place where you wonder, is there a solution? Because you stand by the sides and the souls of so many people that have tried. I just went through this recently with someone. And what you realize is there are heroes in this journey. And that's what you're shining a light on today, aren't you, Ellen? Absolutely. There's no question. You know, we've spent close to three years together, you and I, and yeah. I first brought a recovery program to TTN, and I'm thrilled about it. I was thrilled that you gave me the go-ahead, the green light to do it. And during this time, as you know, we have brought many experts to the table, yes. many clinicians, many people who are experts in the industry who help us get the help that we need and has and have given us the facts. But today we have an even more powerful story, I believe, because we have a personal story yeah. um, that is riddled with heartache and redemption as well. And I am just absolutely humbled and honored, and I know you are as well, to receive this guest today and her powerful story. So let me tell you a little bit about Maggie Burke. Maggie is a loving mother of three, she is a dedicated neonatal intensive care unit nurse. She is also an Ironman triathlete, that's unbelievable to me, and a fierce advocate for addiction and mental health awareness. She's happily married to her best friend of 27 years, and Maggie and her husband reside in the western suburbs of Chicago. It is our privilege today to bring to the table on Recovery Recharged our guest, Maggie Burke. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you. Good to be here. We're very glad to see you. I want to start right from the top. I want you to tell us what happened on the night of June 18th, 2020. Yeah. You know, our, our lives changed forever that day. Um, our worst fears became our reality. Um, watching a loved one struggle through mental health and addiction issues, you wake up every morning with an, an elephant full of fear on your chest. And um, you hope to God you don't get that call or someone's at your door. 
Um, and someone was at our door um, June 18th. Um, two police officers came to our house um, to tell us Cormac was found dead um, in an abandoned little t-ball field um, in the suburbs um, early that morning. Um, I can't even, I'm usually not lost for words, and I will tell you I shake as I describe this. I can't even put words to, to sitting through those discussions and those police officers in front of me. Um, what I, what I struggled most with is he died alone and so much love, so many resources. Um, and no one, no matter what their choices are, deserve to die like that. Tell us about your son. How old was he and what were his current struggles leading up to that point? He was 22. Um, he had just turned 22 in April. Um, Cormac was very complex emotionally. He had a lot of emotional struggles through anxiety, depression. Um, he was a victim of an assault, a very violent sexual assault at 14 years of age, which profoundly affected him moving forward. Um, and he turned to drugs to self-medicate. Um, and he struggled on so many levels through the anxiety, the depression, self-image, shame, PTSD. Um, you know, you never knew what was what was the driving force, you know, at different times in his journey. He was a true fighter, true fighter. It's such a difficult situation. And Dr. Pat, you mentioned yeah. in the beginning that it was the same situation for you and your mom. Do you see some parallels here? I'm seeing it left and right. I mean, I I'm... I look at how unaware we all are on, uh, and, I, and, and, and clearly we have more studies, more statistics, more surveys, more international surveys that come out and they talk about the happiest people in the world and then the not so happiest people in the world. So you have to ask yourself this question. Why are we studying this? Why are there so many surveys? Well, because we know, we know there, there are issues going, we know this. We don't need a mass shooting to know that there's something going on that we have not addressed, especially in our youth, right? And, in, in, you know, it's not like we haven't been awakened to it over time, but no one should have to experience, Maggie, what you just experienced. And now you're in search. You're in search. You're in action. You're... You're in warrior mode. You're in, we need to know something. We need to do something. You know, we need to understand the purpose for our pain. Because I do believe that. I think the purpose for the pain of losing my mom uh, and then just burying all the rest of my family, drug, alcohol, oh my gosh. I mean, but for what? What am I going to do with it? Isn't that why we're having this chat today? Because this is really a call to action, Maggie, isn't it? And you're really setting the stage for that. Yes, I, I think giving, um, giving a face to this crisis, this freckled ginger little lad of mine is a face of this crisis. This family is a face of this crisis. And the sooner we continue to have these dialogues and give a story, and a background. We are, I refuse to let it be a statistic. Thank you. Um, I think people need to see um, 
in reality what this looks like and that no one is immune to this. Um, and there's so much work to be done. There's so many messages to unpack in Cormac's you know, journey. Good, hope, pain, suffering. I mean, they're all there. Um, and I still cling to hope. I am a firm advocate of hope and the worthiness to get better and that people deserve peace and happiness um, and the chance to obtain that. You know, and that's part of part of the, you know, um, finding good in the pain. I mean, Ellen, I want to ask you this question, too, because you spend a a large part of your life every day, actually, um, looking in the eyes of other people, looking deep in the souls of other people. And, you know, um, gosh, I had a, a comment made the other day in passing to me, and I had to do all I could do just bite my tongue. I had to just I wanted to say, wait a minute, folks. People are struggling. We're talking about an illness, whether it's mental, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, we're talking about people. They didn't sign up in life for this. They are trying the best they can. But I think what today is about for you, Ellen, and the question is, you're in it every day. Maggie, you're in it every day. I want us to understand there is hope, but we also have to face it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to not put our heads in the sand and say, oh, it's all good. (laughs) Exactly right. right. Yes, you're exactly right. And being in it every day, the biggest lesson that I have seen, and, and also what Maggie is trying to say is, it comes from everywhere. My clients represent all races, colors, creeds, sexual denominations, genders, walks of likes, uh, religious belief, economic beliefs. It touches everyone. It's a pandemic is exactly what it is. And it spreads everywhere. And it's not restricted to the poor. And it's not restricted to the rich. And it's not restricted to people in ghettos or people in condos and high rises and penthouse apartments. We are looking at how it's affected everyone. And because we are talking more about it, and because we do shows like this, and because because you, Dr. Pat, are so um, open in what you say, and, and the airtime that you give us to do this people are not hiding anymore and the discussion is more out in the open and someone as brave as Maggie is saying yes this happened to my son I want the world to know that he was a real human being with feelings and honesty and with a real message and now Maggie you've taken that message and you've taken Cormac's message and Mm. and you've made an acronym out of it MAC (laughs) M-A-C and I want you I love acronyms by the way isn't that wonderful (laughs) tell us what M-A-C MAC stands for please so the message of MAC um M standing for meaningful finding meaning in your life And I think Cormac was easily overwhelmed at looking at a bigger picture sometimes instead of looking at the little, the little silent meanings of and purposeful movements in his life and appreciating those. Um, I think affirmation, which is hard for all of us. Um, Sometimes you're not in a place to affirm yourself. Um, And these are building blocks you have to learn or to be able to affirm 
that take someone affirming you and receive that. And the third, the C is for compassion. This young man had a huge heart, tons of compassion. He could read the vulnerability in the room um, and commitment to yourself. I think the biggest message of the message of Mac is you are worthy. You are worthy of this fight. I don't care how many times you fall and you get back up, you're worthy of peace and happiness um, and the road to it. Um, and finding that worthiness in your world is the message I, I, I'm trying to give, really. Meaningful affirmation, compassion, and commitment. Those are very powerful words. Dr. Pat, we try to live that every day, don't we, in recovery? And I, I got to tell you, I am so glad you brought it up and you brought it up in the way you have because it's one of the most misunderstood aspects of this. My mom, who took her own life, the language we use in the, the, the esoteric realm is she was an empath. I'm an empath. People don't believe that I'm an empath. But I am. I could read the energy in a room in a hot minute. And learning what to do with the energy in the room. You have an unhappy client. You have an unhappy relative. You know, somebody cuts you off. I mean, I play a sport. I play a sport. And one of my partners in this upcoming championship, every point that he misses, it's like a big thing. And I'm going to talk to him today. I'm going to be like, dude, it's not cancer. We're not going to die from the ball. But you see, we learned that because we, the three of us are here for a reason. This has not been an easy road for me. I am not perfect. You know, you may call me Dr. Pat, but I'm telling you every day of my life, I strive to understanding the psyche of depression and anxiety that stemmed in my family and that the women I work with, and my goodness, the hardest thing I've done recently, Maggie, is this. And this is what's important for the message. We have to recognize the disease. And I'm not just talking about alcohol and drugs, because there's something underneath it. Like, there was something underneath that for my mom. My dad gave her the prescription, and then she would top it off with alcohol. Because why? If it's too feisty too empathic, cared too much, wanted to be a powerful woman, and let's just do it. But Maggie, Ellen, here's the question for you too. We now know between the three of us, there are things we can do. And Maggie, isn't that what you're bringing to the table? And how courageous of you to be out talking about, I want to tell you how important this is to me. I made a decision over the week, and I'll tell you that when we come back from break, Ellen, because I know you want to go to break. I want to tell you, this is so important because of an experience I had with the, with the woman that I, that I mentor. And I just, I just got another hit. And then Maggie, for you today to be on this show, you just reminded me of why I have to do what I have to do. Right. Right. Ellen, we have to do. Oh, more. absolutely. There's no more. question. Absolutely. There's no question. And Maggie, uh, we want you to, to give a little bit more background because we yeah. know he's your son and, yeah. we, and we certainly know what happened on that day, but we want to, to have people also understand that it was not, it's important for them um, to understand that it was not something that was deliberately happening. All right. right. He wasn't looking to take his life. And right. I really do think that's important for people to understand. Yep. So just, let's just talk about that for a moment because you're willing to share and also a little bit about what led up 
to that situation in your estimation? The kind of things that were going on in his head and what was happening when he accidentally overdosed, which is what you're telling us. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Correct. All right. So, so let's talk about that a little more. I think um, his, his last relapse prior to that was probably, I think, six, six weeks prior. Um, it was very different. Um, he was very angry and he was somewhat resistive to the resources that were being put in front of him. I, I felt that relapse very differently than I felt the others. Um, and he went into treatment um, and he struggled, I think, to find um, his path um, moving forward and kind of pushing away um, just kind of looking for the automatic reset. And I, I, I said to him, you can't keep just picking up and resetting. You, you have to walk this back and, and, and process and, you know, move forward with support. And he was pushing away all the support. Um, and I, you know, I remember Kevin and I looking at each other and he decided not to go back to um, a recovery house where he would have gotten the best support. Um, and, get an apartment on his own and God love him. I think he thought he's, he's got this or there's a different way or, you know, this is a kid who has battled since 14. I mean, when you think 14 to 22 and he keeps perceiving nothing's working for him in his, in his mindset. And um, I think he looked, you know, he got his apartment um, on Monday. He was dead on Thursday. Um, I, I wish I knew where his mind was at. Um, I think it was in a place of tremendous pain. Um, I think he looked to numb his pain um, and it was lethal. This was not the first time his Cormich relapses were very destructive and lethal, almost lethal, I should say. Um, so I think, um, you know, he just was not in a good place and kind of isolating himself um, to the help of others, um, which would have been, um, you know, so important to him at the time. You know, the most amazing thing and the thing that I always glean from this is, and when I see all of my clients, everybody that is suffering from this disease, many, many, many of us come from very caring, loving families and caring, loving parents. And you mentioned you and your husband were acutely aware that something was going on. You were not in the dark. So it, this is a message to all of the families out there that are aware and that understand that there is something going on that sometimes these things are beyond our control. Is that right, Maggie? Yes, I, I remember Kevin and I having this discussion and he just kept saying all this love, all this support. And I said, it's bigger than that. This is, this was bigger than us. Um, we threw everything but the kitchen sink for nine years. Um, and um, we had periods where he had traction and he was in a good place and he thrived. And then we had periods where he went down a rabbit hole um, and um, you know, it was not for lack. This was nine years of unconditional love for this child. Um, and he knew that. I know he in his heart knew that whether he was angry or we were angry, there was always love um, and there was always support and resources put towards this. 
Well, certainly you have taken this unfortunate event and really passed the message on in ways that are helping others. Mm -hmm. So how does Cormac's journey and his story help for you to break of addiction and, and mental health? What are you doing in your community to change the message? I think opening the dialogue making people aware that and and Cormac when he was in a good place he spoke to many groups and you could hear a pin drop in that when he spoke he touched so many lives by public Justin his therapist had him speaking multiple times at his treatment center he spoke at his high school at his college and I'm picking up I'm just continuing where he left off um, in his voice and that I'm an ordinary person, but I struggle with things. I think bringing it down to such a relatable level and he wore his vulnerability. Um, And so he was very, people were very um, attracted and felt comfortable in, in sharing with him their journeys and their stories. And I think bringing this point of breaking these walls of stigma and shame um, and fear. I think so much of society is so fear-based um, that they can't see the forest between you know, between the trees here. And um, just trying to break down that fear of this, you know, um, this is a global problem. This is everywhere. Yes, it and, is. You know, uh, and just those messages um, and then and the worthiness of people. I think that these cycles are so built in shame um, and secrecy. And um, we were not, our family was not going to make this a secret. We were very open to people that we were in crisis. Anyone who was important to us or important to Cormac, whether that was school counselors, our kids counselors, their coaches, we are struggling. I had no problem saying that um, because I can't tell my kid, you know, let go of your secrets if I'm going to hold his biggest struggle as one. That's a powerful statement, isn't that, Dr. Pat? It is. And can I jump in here? Because yes. this is me like um, years and years ago, I battled in the arena of that that my recovery is in. And I, I have three different areas of recovery for myself because, come on, my mom had me when she was drinking and using Like I popped into this world and they thought I cried for four years because I was colic until my uncle put put some kind of Zambuca on my gums. And they said, oh, she's teething. No, you don't teeth at five months old, right? So back in the day, we didn't know a lot. We know a lot now. We know so much now that a hit series like Euphoria gets on air. It hits the hearts of so many people. The young people in that film are so engaged in what's going on in the real world. And they're not afraid to address what we call dual diagnosis, triple diagnosis. But we have got to change the institutions of, help me with the language. The instant, let me call them, I'm not even gonna talk about the government for a minute because that's a different show. But the institutions of recovery. Yes. And I just had an experience. I I just had an experience with a new place, right? We have got to stop being so closed-minded. Like, who the heck are we to say whether a person can come in to an AA meeting and talk about drugs? Who are we? Like, what? Like, like, come on, people. It's addiction. 
But I got to get back to something you said, Maggie, because you see, there are those of us that are empaths, right, Ellen? Yes. And we're great listeners, but it's hard sometimes to listen and not take that on. And then it's even harder for us as empaths to open ourselves up and share it. If we can master that, we can help save lives. But you coming on the show and talking about this, and I must say that what you're speaking of and this this child's journey is so, and, and, and I have to say this, is co- more common than people know. I just had to put a foot down here recently and say, you're not going to live in your apartment. You need to get yourself in a sober house. That is where you're going. That And yet, it's only one step, isn't it? There's so much more to this, Maggie, that you're bringing forward. But I will tell you this. I made a decision over the weekend because I did have an experience. And honestly, I thought we were going to lose somebody. When we do our crowdfunding and our expansion in September, I will have a nonprofit in place to completely fund a recovery channel. That is what I'm going to do. You know, we've talked about what are we going to launch? What's the nonprofit? I have got to take this idea of recovery and mental wellness and put something in place. Because to be honest with you two, I actually don't know what else to do. And I'm hoping that you two can can tell me today. I, I don't know what else to do but this. You see what I mean? Because it's in my wheelhouse. But Maggie, you know what to tell us to do, don't you? We're going to talk about that, aren't we, Ellen? We absolutely are because she has such, she's really made great strides in moving forward and really adhering to meaningful affirmation and compassion and commitment, which is really important. And to lift the stigma so that we don't associate this as being a dirty disease or something that's contagious or something that has to be whispered in hush-hush fashion. I mean, So when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about Uh, Maggie's wonderful son and we're also going to talk about how mothers and fathers can take a look at things and really move forward um, and and try to help their loved ones okay let's do that when we come back hi I'm Mary Jane Mack and yes our office is open and we are doing strictly phone consultations if you would like to call and get tuned up it's perfect time with everything that's going on and things aren't calming down pick up the phone and give us a call. It's quick and easy and it's fun. If you'd like more information on it, you can look at maryjanemack.com or call our office at 888-777-4232. Tune into the Dr. Diane Show where we explore a revolutionary expansion of mind, body, and soul every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. I bring over 20 years of expertise as a mindset warrior, perspective shifter, and unshakable optimist dedicated to helping you reach your wildest dreams in business, health, performance, and relationships. Join the discussion on the show. Learn more about me, Dr. Diane, and receive a free digital copy of my magazine at naturalnutmeg.com. There isn't a magic pill to creating your healthy lifestyle, yet it doesn't have to be hard or feel impossible. Health works from the inside out, connecting both your body and your mind. Georgette LePage lives and breathes what she teaches, so allow her to be living proof of what can work for you. 
Connect with her now for a free 30-minute discovery session to see what results you are looking for and how she can help you get them. Visit GeorgetteLePage.com. Are you struggling with truly being happy in life? Do you often question who you really are? I'm Tracy Lynn Wallace, a self-love mentor and life coach who can help you identify and access subconscious blocks to move you into a place of freedom, success, and happiness. Visit inspiredwisdomcoaching.com to sign up for my VIP list and get updates on my exclusive workshops so you can awaken your magic within. That's inspiredwisdomcoaching.com. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistique Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistique Medical Center 425-451-0404 or on the web drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Hi there. If you're just joining us, this is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. It's my show, Recovery Recharged, with my co-host and dear friend, Dr. Pat. And we are talking to Maggie Burke, mother of 22-year-old Cormac, and her story about her son losing his life to a drug overdose. And all of the missions that Maggie is undertaking right now and the message of McCormick, which is... Uh, meaningful, affirmative, and compassion and commitment. So Maggie, I know that you have taken this message a little further and put that into developing and helping to develop a place called Trinity Sober Living for Men. Can you talk about that with us and tell us what that's all about? Absolutely. Trinity Sober Living was, Cormac was the first resident at Trinity, um, and it is in the Western suburbs. uh, It holds such a special place in my heart. Um, The work that they do, the compassion, the commitment. These are people that walk the walk and talk the talk. And um, a beautiful uh, integration of safety, which doesn't always come in recovery homes, accountability, a very fostered home environment. Um, And Cormac did beautifully um, at Trinity. Um, He really did. Uh, He, you know, they just, they, they saw my kid for who he was and there was no judgment and they integrated and helped him get a job and helped him get on his feet, um, helped him learn life skills. And um, when Cormac died, you know, what, what, what do you do? What do you do with this? And um, I felt such an affinity for the work that they do um, and will continue to fight for those that are clients there and still struggling. And um, we started a scholarship in Cormac's name um, immediately. I didn't want flowers. I didn't want this. I wanted action. I wanted to pay it forward because I will tell you as horrific as this journey was for nine years, and I will not go into specifics, but I will tell you, we checked every ugly box in this journey, um, our our family. Um, I saw the face of God at every turn by the people and the compassion that did for Cormac and did for us. And so I just, I'm, I'm kind of a no surrender girl and I, I'm a purposeful person and I just look to give back, um, you know, to this community and to Trinity Sober Living for all they continue to do um, for people 
um, on their journey to, to health and, and peace. And you mentioned you set up a scholarship fund at Trinity Sober Living, and the website is trinitysoberliving.com slash donate. Please go to the website. Please take a look at the 6,100-square-foot house and the seven bedrooms and four full baths and fireplaces and a wonderful place for sober living in the Midwest. Please check it out because anyone is available, anyone is able to participate and to go and certainly make a donation in Cormac's behalf. And if you want further information, you can come to me and call 800-889-1756. Seven pushy broad from the Bronx. As always, I will be happy to pass on that information. So now that we're moving forward, tell me how, from a mother's perspective, give me the kind, give me the messages that you want to project to mothers and parents out there. Tell me what you want to say. First, you're not alone. Um, you are truly not alone. Um, there are so many people I think that struggle in silence. Um, though their loved ones are struggling in silence. And I, part of my message is that you don't need to struggle in silence. I think opening yourself up to resources and services and those that love you to share this journey with you is phenomenally helpful. Uh, we would not, the Burks would not be standing intact today, the four of us, Kieran, Maraid, Kevin, and myself, if it wasn't for the phenomenal support and strength of my friends and my family. Um, I think you cut yourself off from so much support uh, by holding this to yourself. Um, I think as parents, you do not have all the answers. There is nothing in a parent handbook to get you through this. Um, Seeking out professional resources Cormac was in therapeutic services. We got into therapy to get guidance um, and help us navigate through completely uncharted waters that kept changing. Um, And, you know, trying things and things don't work and trying other things. And so I think it's phenomenally important um, to, um, to realize you're in crisis and to, as you want your loved one to reach out for help, you have to reach out for help as well in that process. Absolutely, for sure. And of course, in recovery and all about this disease, I want you to outline for us what our mantra is, and that's the four C's. Would you outline that for us? Absolutely. And ironically, I mean, I woke up and I said this to myself every day. I, I, I had to. I had to say it to myself. I had to live it. Um, it is, we did not, we did not cause this. We cannot change this. We cannot cure this and we do not control this. And for a mother, I, I'm just speaking, that is a hard pill to swallow. We are nurturers. We are fixers by nature, but you really have to stand back and look at how this, this presents and be very aware of codependencies of behaviors that your loved one may show, um, how to keep everyone um, on the same page and communicate with the family that's struggling along with the, their loved one. I, I used to Cormac and I used to have this huge disagreement, and he would say, "Mom, this is my you know this is my journey, my recovery." Absolutely, but I said, when you go down that rabbit hole, four people go with you out of fear and love. 
This is a disease of the family. It is not Cormac over in a corner struggling. We are all struggling in this process. Yeah, that is absolutely right. And that's why, and I know Dr. Pat, you'll agree with me, that's why it's so important for us to understand that this is a family disease and everybody is involved, especially uh, the loved ones. And again, I just wanted to, to focus on this. And I know, Dr. Pat, you want to comment. You cannot control it. You cannot change it. You did not cause it. And you cannot cure it. We cannot say that enough. That is the that is like the four commandments mm-hmm. in a recovery situation. And Dr. Pat, that's sometimes what you have to say to yourself yeah. when you're an empath, right? Yeah. Those words. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing we learned too is, you know, there's so much that the three of us could share about, you know, what happens when we're looking at somebody that that is in an active state. You know, what happens to them? You know, they are not the person that you knew. They're not the son. They're not the daughter. They're not the brother. They're not the sister. They're not the mother. Um, And what I mean by that is that we understand the nature of one of what mental illness does, the, the rewiring. We know that. We know chemical imbalances. We know that. And then you add them two together. And yet, if there's any message is when you're seeing your loved one like this, it's exactly like Ellen said. But there's a thing you can do. You can understand they're in their disease. They're in their ism. And there may not be these other things that you can do, except be the best person you can be for them in that moment. And that's one of the greatest challenges we have right now. Because yes. most parents are not trained in that. Most people are not. Um, Simone Biles still to this day is taking criticism on. I mean, some of the tweets on her, you know, just honestly. Because why? We don't understand it. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Look, the new movie, Elvis. Okay. Did you see oh, the yeah. new movie? Not Elvis? yet. Not yet. Oh, my God. Okay. It's all about this. And it's all about being captured under this spell. And it's all about how it takes one down. And it's all about how that old thinking, that 1950s, 1960s thinking prevailed where there, um, everybody shoves it under the rug, that it is not a big deal, that it's not a real thing. But it takes such a unique individual like Maggie to come to the front and say this happened to my son and I want you to know about it so we really really do applaud you for that Mm -hmm. so now I want you to talk to us a little bit more about Max's message. I mean, you talked about meaningful affirmation and compassion. Let's talk a little bit about more about what you feel Mac would want us to know. I think um, he would just want you to know he was just an ordinary person, no different than anybody else, and he struggled with certain things. And he said this time and time again, again that just commonality, that relatable level. Part of his message is about his compassionate spirit and the beauty of him, um, but it's also about his his deepest struggles. And in an effort to help people 
connect and maybe not struggle or maybe help a family. Um, I think he was very compassionate to others. We stood at his wake and it was during COVID nine hours next to him. The stories that came out were so empowering about how he loved and how he helped. I think in the big picture, he, he couldn't love himself enough. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a deep message for people that it is hard to love yourself, but I think he struggled so much with that. He struggled to be able to receive the love back, even though it was there for the taking um, to forgive himself um, that you are more, I think learning, you are more than your worst decisions. You are more than your addiction. You are more than your struggle and, and separating that there is still a human being there. Our kid was always still there. And I, I thank God for that because a lot of stories you hear, people don't get that. Their loved one goes off the grid or their loved one disappears. He always fought so hard to be a part of us. And we fought equally as hard to be with him. Um, and whether that was sometimes it had to be at a distance and it could not be under our own roof, as Dr. Pat said, he needed to walk that journey with people who could help him the best. Um, so at different times, there was a different level of connection, but the love, the un we always began with you are so loved and you are so worth this fight. And we always ended with that, no matter what, we, what conversation we were having with him. And I think that's so important. Isn't that amazing, Dr. Pat? This is yeah. so great. I love that she says over and over again, you are so worth this fight. Yeah, yeah. Because when you are that person, that's not the way you feel about yourself. And so I I, I want to be very clear about it. Um, it. You know, I was talking to, I did a show and I made a comment and I should have clarified the comment uh, a little bit further about those of us that have gone down the path and the impact we have on other people as we go down this path. Um, but one of the things I think we're talking about here today, underneath all of this, there is a human being worth saving. See? Yes. There's and not only that. Worth saving. And not only that, but what Maggie, I think, is so powerful at is, is not only coming from a parent point of view and explaining to parents what they need and how, how they should come with compassion and openness and awareness, but the message is more than that. The message actually comes from Mac to other people like him struggling, especially the youth and the young adult population today, saying things like, you are worth this fight, and no matter what... I hear you and we see you and mothers and fathers and parents will do just as much to tear down this stigma as people that like us, Dr. Pat, who are recovering alcoholics and addicts and, and fighting to, to bring the message out. How mm -hmm. much more powerful it, it, it is when we have moms and dads like Maggie mm -hmm. and Kevin on our And side. we have to support Maggie. And this is the one thing I want to say. Yes, this is a great message, but I want to tell you how Maggie and what Maggie is doing gets supported. We have to be willing to donate. We have to be willing to put money towards saving lives. We have to be willing to say, you know, I'm not sure when, how, when, if, where, but yes, I want to contribute to something that is beyond pandemic. You know, when you look at what we're talking about nationally and post-COVID, Oh my goodness. They don't even have the right numbers yet. They can't even capture it yet. 
And then when you look at that globally, and we're looking at the impact of anxiety, the only way this is going to work is if we put our money where our mouth is. And that is basically, you've got to be able to support what Maggie's doing. You've got to be able to donate. You've got to be able to say, yes, I will help. Because that is the way it works here in the United States. People fund these things themselves. And that's what's so important about this. Because I don't want this just to be a conversation. Because when we're talking about recovery, addiction, mental wellness, that is a conversation and an action. See, talk, act. Isn't that what we're doing today, Ellen, Maggie? Absolutely. And this is the purpose. So let me go over it again. Please donate to Cormax Burke Scholarship Fund at trinitysoberliving.com slash donate. You will be able to help pay for the recovery and the recovery residence for another struggling young man. And this is part of what we need to do to get one more person in recovery. trinitysoberliving.com slash donate or come and call me. Pushy Broad from the Bronx, 800-889-1757. If you're in the States, if you are down under, then please please go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com. Send me an email, shoot me a message, and I will get you information for Trinity Sober Living. Mm-hmm. So that's just... That's I, I also I'm think it's very important um, in the messaging and the narrative of all this to for people to realize these are relentless diseases. Yes. Diseases. And they are fought courageously and battled, but these diseases are unforgiving if they go unchecked and the stakes are so high and people have no idea the amount of courage that it takes for people to wake up every single day and battle on a daily basis on sometimes an hourly basis or a minute basis. And I think projecting that understanding to people um, is paramount, um, that they didn't ask for this, yet they're, you know, these are warriors and they are, and I have learned so much, you know, I give, but what I get back from those in recovery, oh yeah, tenfold, they teach me so much about me. Um, and I think there's phenomenal messages in everybody's journey, you know, and meaning as well. Mm. There's yeah. no question that there is. And and we see it, don't we, Dr. Pat, on the faces of our patients, like the like the like the person that you mentioned this past weekend that you struggled with. We see the pain, we see the suffering, we see the anxiety, but we still see them coming back. They sit in front of me on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis, and they never give up. And just because it is not a diagnosable disease that will show up on an x-ray or an MRI mm-hmm. does not mean that it is not as insidious and and dangerous as something that that one can plainly see with yeah. um, with an x-ray correct and, yeah and let's talk about this last thing too if we could and I think it's important Maggie I think you mentioned it now and families keep this a secret they kept my mom's situation a secret but my stepmom kept her letters that's how i found out had they not kept the situation with my mom a secret we may have been able to set save my sister's life the fact that my stepmother shared the letters that my mom wrote from bellevue hospital 
right? Right before her second attempt saved my life. See that? We cannot do this in secret. And isn't that what you are saying? We have to break the cycle of shame. Absolutely. I, I, my, my mother, who is a phenomenally strong individual, told me, you know, God gave you a voice and don't be afraid to use it. And, um, you know, I will. I will sing from the rooftops um, to continue to get support. And people have blessed me with opportunities to speak. They've had 5Ks in Cormac's honor um, to speak. Mm. His wrestling coach had a whole message of Mac in a wrestling night, and they have shamrocks on their singlets. Um, the message continues to live on, and um, his goodness continues to live on. And that is the way that helps me through my grief to mm. connect to continue to connect and do good because there was so much good in this kid um, that is still has places to go, mm. you know. It's a wonderful message from a very, very difficult circumstance, and I'm sure it has affected your whole family. So how is the family doing now? You know, we're doing well. I mean, when I look back and I was talking to someone about Cormac's journey, and it's amazing we are still standing with what yes. we were. I, I mean, and I don't say that lightly. And I will tell you, it's amazing. Kevin and I, we are we are a solid team, you know, um, and our kids, we have beautiful kids. They're they're finding they're finding their path, their non-chaotic path, um, which I think is so important because it was just chaos through nine years and waiting for the other shoe to drop. And we're trying to save a young man who keeps jumping in the deep end. And we've got two other kids, you know, when this started, Maraid was nine, you know, um, and they had to sacrifice so much in this journey because we kept throwing life preservers. You know, you're trying to parent over here and you're trying to cover over here and you're trying to cover all these bases. Um, and it did help phenomenally that we let people in because people did for our kids and we had to let that happen. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're a loving tight knit. And I said, you know, we are unbreakable. We are unbreakable. We have been to hell and back and nothing moving forward is going to break us because that's what Cormac would want. You know, Cormac, we, we are, driving from his strength and his fight and his courage and just continuing to, to live our lives and, and see what that brings us and how we can connect to, to his memory and to him on a, you know, on a daily basis. And certainly none of that would have been possible if you didn't actively seek to make the family whole again yeah. and work on it in a way that very few people decide to because this breaks up families, doesn't it, Dr. Pat? There's no question about it. And, you know, the uncertainty and, and the lack of understanding. I mean, you know, when I realized what the pattern was in my family, when I understood my story about my mom's disease and how I was brought into the world. And, you know, when you're brought into the world and your mom is drinking and using and she's carrying a pregnancy, there are consequences to that. And secrets do not help us. That's why you keep hearing me mention and you did too today, Alan, you did it. Pop culture things that are coming out about this. You know, how young people sitting through the series Euphoria is tough. But man, the message oh, yeah. is brilliant. And Maggie, for you to come out and 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 carry the shield, you see, because this is a courageous walk. People think 
that we're having this conversation and there are not consequences. We will get off this call and there will be a text message or an email to me or a tweet to me about somebody saying, get off your horse. It, it, I mean, we'll get that. It's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. but there will also be I will get messages. I will get emails. Exactly. That will say to me, Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. And those are the ones I pray for. I don't care if we get 10 don't do this again <laughs> messages. As long as I get one, thank you. As far as I'm concerned, that's what makes this worthwhile. And we are con- going to continue to do that. We are definitely going to tear down yeah. this wall. So, Maggie, we've got about a minute left for you. Do me a favor and give us a last message. What do you want the message to, to for our listeners to be left with today? What do you want to take away? Um, I think love, support, worthiness. Worthiness at every level and unconditional love um, and openness and awareness, I guess would be, um, you know, uh, it, it was how Cormac um, lived his journey and, and we learned from him. And so, as I said, I stand on those courageous shoulders and of those still battling, um, their courage is immense and, um, they are worth, they are worthy of, of feeling better and getting better at, at, at any cost or any juncture in their lives. And also that moms and dads should never give up the fight no matter what and should learn more and become involved and really educate themselves so that they have an active role in this because you're all in this together, correct? Yeah, yeah boy. Absolutely. Such. A, thank you so much for your courage and your resilience and our best wishes to the Burke family. Um, for a good year and a good beginning to 23. We thank you so much for being with us on the air today. If you want to donate in be, on behalf of Cormac Burke, again, it is trinitysoberliving.com slash donate or my 800 number, 800-889-1757. Call me, I'll get you further information or go to pushabroadfromthebronx.com. Dr. Pat, why don't you finish us up? I'm telling you, when you go to Trinity, it's very easy. You go to Trinity over on the right, it says donate. That is one of the most powerful things you could do to help us stomp out this disease and raise level of awareness. This is bringing the journey of a young man and a family that has gone through the pain of this, but is showing up today like warriors in earth skin and in spirit. And there's nothing more powerful than that. So all y'all out there, give us a hand, help us out, help save a life. That's my message. You've been listening to Recovery Recharged with Certified Life and Recovery Coach, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Don't miss your next opportunity to let me help you recharge your recovery, let go of your secrets, and change the way you think, feel, and act right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com.